Coming up on the Men at the Movies podcast, Britt and I discuss the movie To End All Wars. The POW camp represents the places in our lives where we feel helpless, where injustice occurs. And when that happens, we can respond by our human nature, or we can be empowered by the grace of the gospel. When we experience tragedy, injustice, helplessness, and loss, we find out if the words of Jesus are hyperbole or the true way to find life. Join us as we discover God's truth in this movie. The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways. Every great story borrows its power from a larger story, the story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Hello and welcome to the Men at the Movies podcast. My name is Paul McDonald and joining me from way down south in Atlanta, Georgia, Britt Mooney. Hey, man. How you doing today? Way down south. Way I'm down doing south. Great. It's like four hours south. Way down south. That's like Antarctica. <laughs> way, that's way down south. <laughs> well, that is way down south. It's like you've gone past south back to north. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I, I, I had a, I've had a good day. I've had a, I've had a daughter with pneumonia this week. That doesn't sound like good. <laughs> nah. She's uh, it's weird cuz she she's acting like she feels okay. But then she's coughing and it didn't the cough didn't sound great on Sunday night and anyway, took her to the doctor on Monday and then she's like, "Yep." Uh, the doctor's like, "She's got she's got pneumonia." So, anyway, she's back at school today. Oh, nice. So we're trying out school today, so uh, but I uh, you know, God is good, man. It's you know, it gave me some time with her and uh, working from home and just being with her. Nice. There are opportunities every in every situation. Yeah. And that's probably what we'll talk about today, <laughs> although maybe not in a lighthearted way. No, definitely but not a lighthearted that's, that's, movie. That's part of the that's part of the gift of the gospel is to see the and faith is to see what God is doing in every situation and you know join him in it and see the good in it. So but anyway, so no, it's been a good week. How about you? How are you doing? No, oh, pretty good, pretty good. Getting plans ready for doing some some video projects and messing around with with ideas and you know the stuff of life. Watching, taking care of the grandkids, planning, you know, all the things. Those are some cute. Those are some cute pictures, by the way. Oh, you like your uh, son, yeah? Of check your out grandson. our Facebook page. Uh, Jamie's been doing some posting, and we we've got a new technical director because uh, I'm no good. Technical director. <laughs> He's got a big title. His title is yeah. taller than he is. Um, so yeah, so check out our Facebook page. Um and yeah, because we'll be I think we're gonna be doing some fun stuff. You'll be seeing some fun stuff on there. So definitely check that out. And so today we're talking about a movie from 2001. It's to end all wars. So the movie is based on the autobiography of Ernest Gordon, who's a, a kid from uh, Scotland was in the army in World War II, captured uh, by the Japanese forces and, and ended up in a POW camp in Cambodia. It's got Kiefer Sutherland in it. Uh, it's got Mark Strong, who, like, I was like, oh, I recognize that guy. He's from Merlin in uh, Kingsman movies, and uh, he was in Shazam and uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Robert Carlyle, who I recognize from the Full Monty, but was also in Train Spotting. It's got Hamish's dad from uh, from Braveheart. Oh yeah, so it's yeah. Got a really good cast. 
And what they're doing is, you know, they're in this POW camp and they're they're building a railroad, very similar to, you know, the super older, much older movie, Bridge Over the River Kwai, oh, with right, Obi-Wan right. Kenobi in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the train you're looking for. And and so it's about life in this POW camp. It's as we as we you know we're we we're not here to critique some of the issues, some of the storytelling, some of the shots in the cinematography. Britt says he would give it a B. I might not give it quite. I might give it a C plus. <laughs> so Britt, why did you say? Why did you pick this movie and say, "Hey, I really want to do. I want to talk about this movie and." expand on this and and dig into it here on the podcast. For me, this movie, while I think it's a little more low budget and I think they were trying <laughs> yeah, they ran to, out of money and had to delay release for, I, for think they, I think they had higher expectations for this movie making it than yeah. what happened. And I think they probably had to cut some corners in some places. That's what it looked like to me, the sec- this last watch through. But man, it's just this movie really impacted me the first time I watched it because it's, you know, n- number one, you know, I, I really dig into war movies. But this movie really answer- asks some very interesting and important questions and doesn't fully answer them. It mm. does. Uh, I, I, the book probably does, but. You know, the as a Hollywood type movie, maybe even a B level, but it's still a Hollywood type movie. I don't know that that doesn't seem like they felt like they could really give it a full gospel gusto. But, you know, are the words of Jesus just hyperbole or do they mean Mm. something? Mm, uh, you yeah. know, is, 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 are they just nice sayings that we can put on our wall while we just live our quiet American life or, or are the sayings of Jesus, do they have value in the most horrific circumstances known to man? Because here's what happens in our modern day culture is in our modern day culture, people look at the most horrific instances of man's inhumanity to man, to use an old term, an old phrase, and they say, those are reasons why God doesn't exist. And yet here is a movie, and I think there are s- several stories throughout history that show, can you love your neighbor in, a, in an instance like this? And what does that mean yeah. to love your neighbor? And I think Jesus came to answer these questions with his own life uh, and the injustice, the ultimate, like no one has endured more injustice than Jesus, right? He was the most innocent and was given some of the most horrific punishments in the history of mankind. Like crucifixion was developed after impalement. (laughs) You know, impaling them isn't brutal enough. Let's find something worse. (laughs) Because when you impale somebody, they don't live as long as when you crucify them. Like, so the suffering goes beyond... Uh, as horrific as impaling somebody, if you don't know what it is, I don't want to describe it necessarily, but um, but as horrific as impaling people were, the Romans and a little and the Greeks a little bit before them were like, we really want to embarrass people and show people that you don't want to mess with us. So let's make it as torturous and long lasting as humanly possible. 
uh, or inhumanly possible, I guess. Uh, and so, so, so Jesus is, was, that was the world Jesus lived in. Like it wasn't just all mega churches and casseroles after the service and skinny jeans, uh, you know, like he lived in, in that sort of brutal world. And here we have a movie that asks these questions and I think it places, and it's a true story. So it's, we're not making it, it's not just a parable. Yeah. It's a true story of someone. And he literally, they literally had to go through these questions of if God is real and the Bible is real, what does it look like to love our neighbor in this and love our enemy? in the midst of this horrific situation. Right. And, and I want to jump on a couple of things that you said, cause that's really where we're going to focus our, our conversation. But I want to start with what's actually the last probably vocalization in the movie. You know, we we've seen Ernie enter the prison camp and now he's leaving the prison camp with the, with the allied troops and he's, he's free, he's rescued. And the, it narrates basically the purpose of his time at the prison camp. Who's my neighbor? How many times shall I forgive my brother? What does it mean to love one's enemies? What can a man give in exchange for his soul? These are the questions that I faced in my prison camp. The answers changed my life forever. I love that that question that you asked, Britt, are Jesus' words hyperbole. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, he's a, he was a Welsh minister, um, wrote a, a, a book on the Sermon of the Mount. 60 sermons <laughs> going through the Sermon on the Mount. And so he'd go through, you know, basically line by line, all the, all the words from, from basically from Matthew. And his point was, these things aren't hard to do. They're not nice sort of platitudes and goals. They are impossible to do unless you, unless your life is supernaturally charged. And that's what we see him asking those questions. Who is my neighbor? How many times do I forgive my brother? How do I love my enemy? And our lives, hopefully, aren't as bad as a POW camp in the jungles of, of Southeast Asia. Hopefully. But our lives are the crucible for testing that, for proving it. And so I want to start, again, we're, we're kind of hodgepodging around, but I think this movie really has some nuggets of challenging questions and thoughts. And one of these is this idea from Plato. And I'm going to, I'm going to get ready to play the clip and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Well, and, and here, and just before you play the clip, just to dive just yeah. real quickly into what you said, every one of us deals with brokenness. Every one of us deals with betrayal. Every one of us deals with, persecution or discrimination or uh, every one of us deals with something because we live in a world yeah. of that's hopeless that has no hope and and yeah. and it may not be this extreme but we all feel the hopelessness to some degree i don't care if you're in suburbia i don't care if you're in the inner city or i don't care i don't <laughs> care you're if you're human you feel that pull of hopelessness it's like we're stuck in this life. It's like we're stuck in this 
meaningless existence. Uh, and it doesn't matter how many cars and things and planes, it doesn't matter what you have, you're going to be, you're going to feel this way to some degree. And that's why these four responses we go through are so important. It's because you may not, like you said, you may not be, hopefully you're not in Thailand or wherever in this awful prison camp. Yeah. No, we don't want anyone to be there. But at the same time, God allows us to go through these experiences to, to shape the faith that he's given us and, and to lead us in those, what the right response should be, you know? Because this movie is about hope. How do you hold on to hope? And even Paul talks about Christ in you is the hope of glory. Really, our biggest testimony is how do we have hope in a world that's really attacks our hope, attacks it, and wants us to turn towards hopelessness or striving or all these other things. So we're going to talk about those responses to this. But first, I want to set up this scene. Ernie, who's the main character, he's he wanted to be a teacher before the war. And so he's been asked to start teaching some of the, the, the guys, some of the soldiers, some of the other prisoners, because they want, they want to be prepared. They want to engage their minds. They want to grow and develop. And so he starts teaching and he teaches them from uh, Plato. Somehow they, I don't know how they got some, some literary, some. Yeah. They never explain that. Uh, They have a Bible. (laughs) They have Plato's Republic. Apparently they don't have any Shakespeare (laughs) or bagpipes. They have set up bagpipes. I'm like, how do you have bagpipes? Anyway. So this is a, a very quick discussion between Ernie, who's sort of explaining about what Plato says about a truly righteous, a truly just man. And the response from his major, who is going to be one of the other responses that we have to deal with. How do we deal with, with hope? Are Jesus's, are the words of Jesus mere hyperbole? But this really, this conversation sets the stage for where we're going to go with this movie. What will happen to the just man should he enter this world? Well, the just man will be scourged, racked, chained... And after every kind of misery, he will be crucified on a pole for all to see. Any questions? I've got a question. My question. If the just man is treated as you say, then what's the just response? roll over and let evil have its wicked way. What would you recommend, Major? I'd recommend defiance. Justice for the captors. An eye for an eye. At what price, mercy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mercy. The last bastion of traitors and cowards. So you would take a man and crucify him on a pole for all to see? seek justice and that's a really mm. i mean really rich conversation because you know plato he's he talks about some big big <laughs> ideas so that triggered a you know of, the I, republic I, you know our whole the, government you know. system is based on it you know that guy plato plato's kind of important <laughs> um so this stuff and it was interesting because this was written about 400 years before christ 
And, and Plato really writes about conversations, conversations that he has with other, uh, this was basically men at the movies was basically what the Republic is. These, they're conversations about big ideas and hypotheticals and stories. And yeah, we, you and I should wear togas next time, but we do this. We should wear togas. Sweet. <laughs> well, you wear a toga, I'll wear a kilt. How about that? <laughs> so it's there's a couple sections in this this book in the Republic. This this section that he's writing, and the first section is: Is a man truly just, or does he just appear just? And what he talks about is a shepherd finds a magic ring that makes him invisible. And the, before finding the ring, the shepherd was a righteous and just man. However, after he has the ring, the fear of punishment is gone. And so he seduces the king's wife, eventually kills the king so that he can take whatever he wants. And his point was that no one is just of his own will but only from constraint in the belief that justice is not his personal good inasmuch as every man, when he supposes himself to have the power to do wrong, does mm. wrong. So that I, and that's what we see with the captors in this camp of there's no constraint on their behavior and they do horrific things, but you see sort of the same thing in some of the mm -hmm. prisoners in their response of if they can get away with it, they will do it. So this next conversation you know, it's interesting. It talks about it's by constraint. We're basically just because we fear the consequences of not being just or righteous. Righteousness must be produced under compulsion or force since no one will be righteous of his own accord. I feel like that's scriptural <laughs> somewhere. Um, <laughs> so, and so this is the part that Ernie was talking about this next section to test whether a just or righteous man is truly just or righteous everything of value will be stripped from him. His life will be taken from him in the cruelest of manners to see if he can main, remain righteous until the end. After all, if he had good things in life, perhaps he was righteous in order to have the good things. Like, it benefits you to be right and just. The only way to test his righteousness is to give this man every injustice the world can inflict. We can, and, and what actually Plato, the, the official words, we cannot be sure in that case whether he is just for justice's sake or for the sake of the gifts and honors. So we must strip him bare of everything but justice. So even for Plato, you know, it talks about, Paul talks about the cross being a foolishness. For Plato, it's still foolish because what he says, it's, it is stupid to be just. It is stupid to be righteous. Our goal should be to appear just and righteous because that's where the greatest benefit comes from. I'm trying to remember exactly how he puts it, but, you know, I'm a, you know, I don't want to trigger anybody, but I'm a fan of Jordan Peterson. And, and in his conversation with Joe Rogan on, on the, on Rogan's podcast, he talks about the crucifixion and he, and he talks about the crucifixion as the ultimate, as the ultimate tragedy, because, and I'm kind of using my words, but basically every injustice was done upon Jesus. Like in the crucifixion narrative, he was betrayed. He was beaten. He was, he was completely innocent. He was, he had only done good. And I mean, like 
you know, he was betrayed by friends, by family. He was abandoned. Uh, he was uh, abused by the government, by religion, by family. Like he was like, like on and on and on and on and on all the different ways that Jesus, you know, suffered injustice was literally every way that we suffer injustice. Like it was in every way anybody could. And so, yes, the, the cross is foolishness, right? It's, it's a stumbling block to the Jews and it's foolishness mm-hmm. to the Greeks. Now, I don't know if Paul was specifically speaking about Plato, although he possibly could have been. Sounds like right. right? So I don't know if he was specifically talking about Plato, but he was talking about the genuine, the, the general philosophical belief. But re- remember that this is, this is all the law did. So, so the first revelation of God to mankind after the fall was law. Well, that's the first covenant. Well, that's not true. But anyway, the Mosaic law was essentially, <laughs> it was a management with punishment and rewards of the sin nature. It did not change the sin nature. It did not turn sinful people into righteous ones. All it did was manage the sin. Right. It was just sin management. Like there was no transformation of people. It was just managing. And that's why. Because it's external. It was external. And that's what. The law is focused on external. That's right. And that's why it failed. And this is. And Plato is pointing this out. And this is what Jesus points out later when he says, you wash the outside of the cup. But who's going to drink out of a a cup that's got lipstick on the inside? You know, like this is. Little little stuck on morsels <laughs> like left this in there. Is, you're not gonna drink out of that cup. Like we know it's 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 tainted. And yet we live in a, a world where man, and social media is the worst. Like we put we put up there the best that we know how, you know. Um, there are literal filters to make you look younger and thinner and <laughs> and have no lines on your face and um <laughs> but Again, whatever people. I do the old man filter, and it's just yeah, me. Right. yeah. I've got the <laughs> holy crap. This is what I saw in the mirror this morning. Filter on, uh, but we, but but that's human nature. I mean, it's, it's social media is just amplifying human nature. It's, it's not doing anything on its own. Mm-hmm. And so, but what Jesus did was he came in to give a different way, and and we can talk a lot more about that, but. And we could probably also find all four of these examples in the Gospels of, of how people react, you know, um, to the injustice of this world. I love that idea that, again, we're going. you said it's human nature. Human nature, right? We can't change our nature on our own. And like, and that's what, I mean, you know, that's a lot of what Plato was talking about it's like we can't nobody's gonna do this because you can't and the only way that you can test somebody's their their authenticity of who they are is by experiencing injustice is by losing things and heartbreak and just a a couple weeks ago one of the men who's been involved in like i have a, a group of close friends here and this guy was involved spiritually transfer transformational points in their lives over the last decade. And several years ago, he lost his wife to cancer. 
And just a couple of weeks ago, we find out he lost his son. That his son, that that his oldest son died. Mm. And we were we found this out when we were actually meeting together, and that whole group just sort of went silent yeah. because, like, oh my gosh, we know how he experienced the loss of his wife, how, and our heart breaks for him. And one of my friends is like, I'm really ticked off right now, God. <laughs> you know, when we as we were praying, he's like, I'm ticked off. Because we have a human nature response. And and again, going back to the are the words of Jesus hyperbole? Because there is a there is a better way. And that's what I think this movie is is positing and showing. Because, you know, in, as it says in, in the New Testament, we don't have a high priest. We don't have a savior who was unable to compassion. Mm. He he knows what we've been yeah. through. He's been tempted just like we have been. But he lived without sin. He was a truly just, a truly righteous, truly whole person. And our challenge is to model after that, which is impossible in our human nature, but only possible through the supernatural transformation. As we get into these four responses, I think it's also important that we that we define the two different ideas of justice mm. that are yeah. happening. Okay, there are two different. God has a different idea of justice than this world does. This world, because this is all it knows and this is all it has power to do, all this world knows to do with justice is to is to do an eye for an eye. That's all it knows to do. That's that was pretty much. I mean, there was a lot of good stuff in the law that was very symbolic of Christ and what was to come in the new covenant. But in the law, it was like, if your your neighbor, if you accidentally kill your neighbor's cow, you owe him a cow. Like yeah. it's, 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 there's an equal exchange of property and an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And if you kill someone, then you die. Like there's, there's this, that's all the world has apart from heaven. That's all the world knows. And so it, it, without that greater revelation, all you're going to have is those three responses. The only way you have a fourth response that Dusty gives us is if you realize God's idea of justice is different, is not punitive, it's redemptive. God's idea of justice is returning all of creation back to the way he created it to be. And He, do, you don't punish people into that, you redeem and transform them into that. And that's a different process that takes forgiveness and that takes grace and that takes power and that takes generosity and that takes all sorts of things that aren't hyperbole. But if you don't understand the difference between those two ideas of justice, that what God's after is not to punish bad people, he's out to redeem them. And he will punish bad people, but that's not his ultimate goal. His ultimate goal is to redeem them, and he won't force redemption on anyone. So if you choose, you know, like I was watching Return of the King, and, uh, and Gollum holds on to the ring. Right. But the ring's going in the fire, dude. If you, you can hold on to the ring, <laughs> and he won't make you let it go. You're going to have to choose to do it to let it go. But if you hold on to the ring, the ring is go headed to destruction and he'll let you go there. 
But my point is, is his his idea of justice, because he 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 saw what he created and he saw that it was good. And he wants to get back to that. He wants us to get back to that, those ideas of that we see. And it's not a new Eden. It's a new heaven, a new earth. And we can talk a lot about that. But that's that's where we see the two different attitudes. Those are the two main different attitudes. And we see three responses, but they're really based on the same lie, as it were, of what justice really is. Right. There's three human natures, <laughs> human right. nature responses. Right. And And the sad part is, in a, in a lot of ways, I think the major, his response can be covered up as a supernatural response. I am seeking justice, and I am seeking revenge, and I am seeking an eye for an eye. And I am not diminishing any social justice movements. <laughs> we are not saying, you know, the, 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 the things to prevent human trafficking, to reduce slavery in the world. Right. Those are really good things. But our, it's a, it, what we're talking about more is a personal response. How are we? How do we respond when, when tragedy happens, when heartbreak happens, when brokenness happens? And and the purpose is for us to respond less and less to our human nature, and more and more to the supernatural nature. Right, the renewing of your mind that Paul talks about. So the first one we see is the majority of the guys there in the camp. They have given up. They have no hope. They have dead eyes. They barely have some one dude in one of the scenes didn't even have any clothes on. He's just his butt wandering through the, the railroad building. <laughs> and they've given up. And, and there's a line about the danger of losing hope and what happens when you don't have mm. hope that that but and it's before uh, Ernie starts starts teaching. Because he's on the verge of losing hope. He's got some guys that come up, Ernie does, and, and they're like, hey, I heard you wanted to be a teacher. We'd love to be taught. And he's there basically recovering. He almost died. They actually put him in the tent of the dead. Mm -hmm. And he recovered. And he says, just leave me alone. And then Dusty has some words for him. Again, this, Dusty is the voice of transformation in this movie. Yeah. And so what he says, I think, is, is a lesson for us about the danger and what happens when we do lose hope and when we give up. You said you wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. We thought that you might have some answers, sir. Would you like me to take a lecture on the meaning of life? That's a bloody fine idea, sir. Please. Just leave me alone. You know, a man can experience an incredible amount of pain and suffering if he has hope. When he loses his hope, that's when he dies. With these three responses, the, the essential lie is they don't know what justice really is to God. They have their, we have, we, sometimes we have our own idea of justice. And that's why people, again, God, did, God does not dismiss pain. He, God's not 
he's not insensitive to pain. He weeps with us. He tells us to weep with those who weep. We, we, we should like he is, he is there with us in pain. But a lot of times when people see God allowed this awful thing to happen, then he can't be good. But that is still based on a, an exchange idea of, of justice. It's not based on a redemptive idea of justice. It's based on an exchange idea of justice. And so I didn't deserve this. I lived a good life. I didn't, I've never hurt anybody. And then then this person dies in a car wreck and I didn't deserve, like, that's a tragedy. And And they go bankrupt. It is a tragedy. I lost my job. I've worked hard the whole time. I've been betrayed. I didn't deserve this. And yet, and so people respond out of these three responses. And there's probably you know, infinite variations. Think of them as umbrellas. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're great. They're they're shades within the, the but the but, the, but these three we we could probably summarize ninety nine percent of people's hopeless responses in one of these three. Uh, Ian, the major, Yanker, or the guy that we can call the Shakespeare dude. I forget his name. Oh, and 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 if you read Victor Frankel's, what's that? Man's Search for Meaning. You know, what I mean, he talks a lot about this too. And but those three are umbrellas of the types of responses that we see. But here's the thing: I'm with you, man. We should stand against racism. We should stand against all of those things. But I'm telling you, there was a difference between what Martin Luther King Jr. said and how he approached it with a very kingdom-minded response, standing against what was wrong. He never excused wrong, but he was never going to demonize white people either, right? Because he realized that the enemy in this thing was not white people. Racism was wrong. We should stand up for it. But that's not all of the social justice movement because you don't fix injustice with more injustice. You don't fix brokenness with more brokenness. You don't fix lies with more lies. You've got to, you got to attack the stuff with the truth. And so therefore these three guys, Ian, it's Ian, right? The major. And then you have Yanker, uh, key, the key for Sutherland character. He's a Yankee. Who's a wanker. He's a Yankee. Who's a wanker. (laughs) Um, and then you also have the Shakespeare guy, the bard dude. And if you read a lot of this material about stuff that happens in concentration camps, this is what you see. But this is life. It's just human nature. Either, either you decide to fight back defiantly, you are just going to be a wrench in the works, Man, you are just going to be, and if you've never known any, in the ointment. If you've never, in the wrench. <laughs> if you've, Wrong if you've never me. known anybody like this, I bet you probably have. I bet we have all met somebody. Then who's, you're probably the one. <laughs> you might be. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably you, where, where you're angry at the world. Where you're, you're just angry all the time. You're just angry at people. You just, and, and every, you know, every injustice is just throws you off. And it's just, you're just angry, angry, angry. And you got to make people pay. And these are the people who post online about, you know, I hope those people who didn't take the vaccine die. And you're like, what the heck, man? Like, <laughs> whoa. Um, because they're trying to manufacture an idea of fairness and justice. That doesn't exist. Well, and and I just want to reset the context because 
in these, the POW camps represent a place where we feel powerless. And so much of life, we feel powerless, which can turn to hopeless, which can, I mean, which can, which can turn to helpless, which can turn to hopeless. And that's what you see in this guy's reaction. It's like, I, what about defiance? Right. Going back to the major's response of, it's like, we're just supposed to roll over and let the evil have its way. It's like, I vote for defiance. Right. Yeah. And that's the way, like you were saying, you know, because it's easy to say, oh, yeah, this is a POW camp. Nobody's living in a concentration camp these days. And yet there's things where we feel powerless. And how do you respond when when you do feel powerless and helpless against whatever's happening? Exactly. And again, wanting to get involved in in an issue that isn't right that's not the problem. Okay. Let's just make that clear. Um, And sometimes you can have a certain calling because of something that you've gone through. Your child died from a drunk driver or something like that. And, and you want to help keep those people off the streets or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is like, it doesn't mean that you can't get involved in causes, but what it means is people, the Bible's clear be people aren't my enemy. I'm not saying people shouldn't go to jail or anything like that in the system. I'm just saying people aren't the enemy. And and that's part of what they had to learn in this thing. That's the fourth, you know, choice. Um, it, it doesn't excuse what people did and it didn't mean what they did was right. But but here he becomes, I don't know if we said it before or during, you know, like at what point do you become the monster you're fighting in order to kill the monster? Yeah. And yeah. you you still failed to win at that moment, and and we see some of that, especially towards the end of of this movie, of fighting against this idea of becoming the very monster. If what they did was wrong, me doing it doesn't now make it right, you know. Right. Uh, and so it, it, it doesn't prove that I think it's even wrong, or it just means I'm wrong now too. It's okay to be wrong, but that's a hopeless. That's comfort. That's that's a hopelessness coming from a lie of of injustice. And then then you have other people who are like, well, I'm not going to if this is the system, I'm going to manipulate the system and get as much as I freaking can out of the system. Then that's my response. I'm going to accumulate as much as I possibly can and do as much and 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 get material wealth as much as, as I possibly can. Well, really, he's seeking comfort. He's, you know, he made rice wine to numb the, and this is Yanker, Kiefer Sutherland's character. He made rice wine. He's making deals. He's like two cigarettes per per slip sip of the, the rice wine to make you forget your sorrows, to turn you numb. Yeah, that's what he says. He says, I got, I got numbness for you. Right. You want to escape? Here's how. And that's, you know, that's super easy for us these days. Yeah. To lose ourselves, to to you know, hit a couple beers, a couple stronger beers on the way home, to lose an hour of your time scrolling through Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> right. I was just looking obnoxiously at my own phone. At my <laughs> at my new obnoxiously large phone <laughs> right. that Brent they convinced got rid of me his to iPhone get. iPhone four. <laughs> this is the 
This is the iPhone 14 Plus, and I got it because it has more memory, but it's obnoxiously large, and I'm regretting it. Anyway, you need to you need to take your pants to a tailor to get bigger pockets. <laughs> I, I need I need because you know you can't be the guy clipping it on your belt. No, I'm gonna get a fanny pack. <laughs> I'm going to get a fanny pack. Oh, actually, those are coming back. So I know. My, my daughter loves her fanny pack. She is all about the fanny pack, and I'm in. So we've got the major, right? His response is defiance, eye for an eye. When he, when, when the, the liberators come, he's not happy to find freedom. He is out to antagonize his captor. Yes. And he is doing all the things that they did. Yes, so good. He wants to hold them accountable. He's driven by anger and rage. No, you got to dig more into that. His 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 anger was so great. What could he not enjoy? Freedom. <sighs> That's so beautiful. I didn't. Yeah, I love and that. And even before that, when they're talking about escaping, they're not talking about escaping. Like his goal was to take over control of the prison camp, but they're in the middle of the jungle. There's nowhere to go. And and they Ernie pointed out. He said, "If you do this, we're going to get a regiment of Japanese soldiers, and we will be wiped out." It's like, yes, that is preferable. <laughs> yeah. Right. It At least having that little bit of power and going, dying on top is better than living under in without power with being helpless and being hopeless. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Uh, it's, this is so good, man, because basically what was his goal? His goal wasn't even freedom. It was to change who had control. Right. And that's not freedom. <laughs> because you weren't you you're both still in chains you're just changing the position <laughs> here you know we we haven't done return of the king yet but the theme of return of the king is power over others is evil no one was meant to have power over other people there's a whole scene in the book that's not in the movie of return of the king when aragorn uh, leads people from Minas Tirith, and they just they just beat, you know, the armies of Sauron and Minas Tirith, and the, you know the Pelennor fields, and the blah 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 blah. They didn't show this in the in the movie because you know they it was already it's already four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> but in the book, it takes a long. It was a long, arduous journey to get to the Black Gate, and a lot of people were getting ready to quit. And he turns to him, he says, "I can't ask you to go any further. If you want to go, go." And there were a few, and there, most of them, some people did leave. But there were a lot of people who stayed inspired by his speech or whatever, you know. Um, but my point is we weren't given, we weren't meant to have power over anyone. Not really over ourselves, to be honest. We weren't, we weren't given the ability to have power over anything. And so... That so therefore he couldn't even enjoy the real freedom when he was when it, it was happening in front of him. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's intense. And how many how many times has it happened to us too? We we don't enjoy the freedom because we're too focused on we, what was we, we can't enjoy the good yeah. things and the freedoms that God is giving us because we're like, no, but if I were in charge, yeah, <laughs> this wouldn't have happened in the first place. So that's that's the one, and then we've got the as you keep you've mentioned the 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 guy who was a Shakespeare teacher. He he taught at Cambridge, and he was to the point where where they came up 
that his his platoon sergeant came up and said, "Can we teach? He needs something to keep him alive." That that point where you're checked out, you've given up, you're just sort of zombie walking through the day, you're hopeless. And as and as Dusty has said, when you're when you lose your hope, you're dead. You're dead already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? Hang on. Let me look up. There's a quote. Well, you know, while you're looking this up, you know, Viktor Frankl talks about this in his book, that there were some people that would throw themselves at the electric fence to kill themselves on purpose because it was they just in that hopelessness. They just decide to check out and you can check out. With the phone that I just talked about, you can check out with Netflix, you can check out in a lot of different ways and just check out of life, right? Or like Yanker did, you're just trying to please yourself, which is where we are most of the time in our culture these days. Uh, there's a lot of pleasure of the flesh. Like if it feels good, it is good. Yeah. And, and you don't have the right to tell me I can't do it. This is who I am, uh, you know, sort of thing, which leads to its own problems, right. as we saw in the movie. Did you find the quote? It's, uh, it's Albert Schweitzer. And he says, the tragedy of life is what dies inside a man while he lives. Mm. And that's what you see is, you know, the, the, the prisoners walking around with, with blank stares. They, they stop taking care of themselves. They're not washing. They're not, they're not doing anything other than going through the motions. And again, that's our human nature. We can respond to defiance. We can respond by becoming a doormat. We can respond like Yanker, search for comfort accumulation, achievement, the things of this world, whatever that might be. But there is a fourth way. But I think those three ways are our human nature. Mm -hmm. The fourth way, and that's what we see in Dusty throughout this movie. And Dusty's story is powerful. And there's a scene where Ernie asks him, he's like, what are you doing here? You don't seem to be, you don't, you don't fit. And what it was, he, in his youth, he got in a fight with someone and left the man paralyzed. And at that point in the story, you're like, oh, well, your punishment was you can go to jail or you can go in the army. But no, he said the guy didn't press charges. He said, I've been forgiven a debt. And so I'm going to forgive you. He said, your punishment, he gave him a Bible. Your punishment is to read the Bible. <laughs> and so that that idea that that fourth response is one that doesn't make sense. It's one that turns the words of Jesus from hyperbole to a way of life. Because in those first three human nature versions, we can't do it in our own strength. Even if we wanted to, we can't. But in the fourth, when we, when we access the supernatural power of Christ, the transforming power, of the gospel, our chains don't matter, <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's what we see in that scene towards the end, where these these Japanese soldiers pull up. They are labeled cowards because they left their post because they've been bombed by the Allies, and mm. they're they're dead, they're dying, they're wounded, they're in this truck. So the 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 prison guards uh, say, "No, we you're you know." You're tra traitors, basically, to the emperor. And Ernie goes, even though the major says, don't you provide comfort, don't you provide care and comfort to the enemy? 
Mm-hmm. He's like, that truck is full of human beings who are dying and wounded. They are no threat. I've been all three of those human nature people in my life. <laughs> right. I've been, I just want to let everybody know, like I, I've at least tried for a, a day, you know, I've been those people. I've been those people where I, I at least had the thought and I at least had the unction that that's it. I'm going to kill these guys. I'm going to, I'm going to beat these people silly. They deserve it. Um, sometimes it happens on the road. They cut me off. I'm going <laughs> to go cut them off. You know, you know like, I, like I'm going to strangle my kids. <laughs> and, and, and I've been the person who was like, why am I trying to do any good here in life? I, I just keep getting screwed over. I'm just, I just, I just want to get a job. Maybe I'll play the lottery. Maybe if I have enough money, I'll be happy. I don't want to ride anymore. That's hard. I don't want. This is so hard. This. If I just had enough money, it wouldn't be so difficult. Of course, there's all sorts of history that shows us that that's <laughs> stupid. But and then there's also the times of like. I, I just want to check out. I just want to lay down. I just, I, I don't want anybody to talk to me. I just want to like, just totally check out. I've been all those people. And just to say, and just to acknowledge with people and, you know, just kind of let people know, like, you're not alone when you have those thoughts. And, and one of the moments that I like was there toward the end when the major is about to torture and kill the Japanese kind of officer guy that was the main antagonist. Is he says, as Ernie looks at him, he goes, you don't think I want to, too? Like, it's not that I don't want to do this. It's that I have to make a conscious choice to know that ultimately in a grander, in a grander transformative scheme, this isn't right. Right. Like, yes, he deserves it. Yes, I want to do it. And yet it's not right. It wouldn't, it's not right for me to do it or for you to do it. And, and, and he's trying to call the major to redemption in that moment, call him away from anger, call him to freedom, you know, because of what it would do to his own soul. But my point is, is that we all have to make those conscious decisions because we are all going to have the moment of reaction of one of those three. We're all going to do it. It's all, it's it's always going to happen. But so, but we have to make a conscious, intentional thought that says, okay, God, what's real here? How do you want me to react? And he's going to have you love people. Now, that doesn't mean letting them do whatever they want or not give people boundaries or not stand up for what's right. But what that means is it might look differently than those other three. Right. And, and for Dusty, like I, what I love about the movie is that he's not the main character. Like his intro introduction is he's the one who knows Japanese. He's learned their language. He knows the culture. He's actually seen these awful, awful people as human beings because of his different perspective and therefore can communicate with them in such a way that uh, doesn't the majors call him a Jap lover or whatever, you're a Jap lover or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, he actually is. He does love them, but he's not, he, he's not one of the enemy, but he's not really one of you either. If you're going to do this, you know, um, I kind of like that introduction 
in the beginning because you don't really know what this guy's deal is because he, he might have been one of the guys who makes deals with the guards so he can get something out of it and betrays his friends or whatever. You know, he could have been one of those guys. But as the movie goes on, you see that this guy has integrity. This guy has compassion and generosity and all of those things. You and know? he even, at the end, you know, the major betrayed him, turned them in for doing the school, turned in Yanker because he considered them threats. So he was the traitor, even though he was accusing them of, of befriending the enemy. He's the one who actually right. betrayed his friends. Yeah. And yeah. yet Dusty, as the major was about to be killed after they, their failed takeover attempt, he went and basically, we don't know what he said. We don't know the words. All we know is Dusty gets killed and the major goes free. In some way offers yes. himself instead. Yeah. Yeah, right. And so that that takes me that ta that sort of brings us to the the big conclusion. Right? When we look at why why does this happen? Why does do the the why is there suffering? It goes back to that first question. For and I think we need to ask that in our own lives. Are the words of Jesus hyperbole or are they truth? Cuz what you see, you know, we have that human nature that responds that wants to you know, waterboard the captors <laughs> and do all the things right? that wants yeah. to respond, getting drunk, losing ourselves in our job, all the responses that we think will provide life. But I go back to Plato's words. The only way to test righteousness is to give this man every injustice the world can inflict. And that's what we see in this movie is who does Ernie become through these injustices, through the things he has to endure? The only way to test our faith in the words of Jesus. They sound great on a Sunday morning when we're surrounded by friends and everybody's happy and you're, you're eating fine. Mm. The only way to test our beliefs, the rubber meets the road, is when the tragedy happens, when... When the stuff happens, right? When the death occurs, when the lost job loss occurs, when the, the crisis happens, when you feel powerless and helpless, what nature are you going to allow to rule you? Are you going to be ruled by the human nature or are you going to be ruled by the supernatural nature? First Peter 3.9 says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. You don't return. You, you love those who hate you. Like uh, Jesus says, even, even the Gentiles do this. It's easy to love a friend. <laughs> you can love someone's loving you, love them back. Yeah. But the only way you're testing of righteousness is if you get evil and don't repay it. So that means you're going to get evil. That means God's going to allow you to be tested with getting evil so that you can prove the righteousness that is within. Because uh, like Jesus said, like uh, everybody loves people who loves them. Like you'd have to be a complete jerk not to love people who love you back. But what about the people who don't love you? What about the people who speak e evil of you and betray you and, and all of these things like, and I love that in First Peter there, he actually uses the word repay. Yeah. Oh, they deserve it. 
But thank God, God didn't give me what I deserved. He didn't give me what I deserved either. Right. And that's and that's where Dusty's coming from. And you know, the other place that this is coming from in that verse in First Peter is that I know I'm not just repaying a blessing because I want to be a doormat or I'm trying to be nice. I know that God will bless me. I know that God is going to be up there going, I got you. Right. He's going to fight for me. He's going to. And that's what Dusty knows, even though he suffers a horror, horrendous death. He knows that there is a life beyond this one. And that, and, and I love that sort of element in the movie too, where towards the end of the movie, last third, you know, the, the, the planes are going overhead. Like they're so isolated. It's like there's no hope. There's nowhere to go. And all of a sudden you get these little hints that, Oh, we might be freedom is coming. Wait, you know, some, the, the tide might be, we, the tide might be turning. And even then your character is tested because that's when Ernie stands up and he has chosen the fourth way. He has chosen Dusty's way. And he's like, look, I'm going to help these people. You do with me what you want, but I'm going to help them because they are human beings and they can't hurt me. What can man do to the body, right? Be more concerned about the ones who have control over the soul. Man can only touch the body. Right. And and I love the little scene there at the end where he he meets with um, the, the there's a Japanese interpreter who's kind of like <laughs> the one nice Japanese guy and kind of the whole thing, uh, but you know where they have a meeting there. It's a real life meeting, and they have a little meeting there at the end. And um, it had been how many every years, fifty years or something since the. Um, realizing that this was a this was an awful awful time and reconnecting after all those years and I, and I think it said that the the Japanese guy had become a Buddhist monk or something priest or something so they had both gone on to some level of spirituality and of realizing there's something more important to life than what we do to each other you know or, or at least because there's a different life that should inform how we treat one another because there's something else, because there's value to all human beings, that should inform how we treat one another, not simply let me repay what you've done to me. Because as Gandhi said, an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. And, and, and at some point, you, there has to be grace. And if there's going to be redemption and community and all of those things that we want and, um, and I just, I just want to encourage people that we, we, we all have the responses, but man, it, it, God can give you really creative ways to stand up for what's right without treating other people like an enemy. If you'll just listen and, and rest in him and realize you've already won, realize he, he's weeping with you when people betray you and do awful things. He's there. He, he's not saying it's right, but. He he's after a greater redemption. And and when you have moments like I forget, was it in South Carolina where that where that young white man went mm -hmm. in and shot up a black church and some of the family members and church members got on TV and forgave him. They're not saying he shouldn't go to jail. <laughs> they were just saying we forgive you. It's not even saying he's asking for it.
right? Sometimes it's the hardest time, hardest thing people to forgive are the ones who don't even ask for it. But they were doing it because it was the right thing to do. And it was revealing something more powerful. It's a powerful moment. If you've never seen the video where they, because they're grieving, but they, they're not going to hold on to hate and anger. Uh, and th- because they know that's going to kill their own soul at the very least. There's no hope in the other three ways. The hope is in if I'm acting as if there's this other world, as if there's this, uh, there's this other reality that God is real and God loves them as much as he loves me. And that doesn't make what they do right. But how I treat them in the middle of this is important. And even Jesus said, forgive them. They don't know what they do. They don't really know what they're doing. Because that was the test of a righteous man. Can you still say that even when we've stripped everything away? And Joseph didn't say, he didn't say what you did was good. He said, you meant it for evil. God used it for good. He didn't, he didn't relabel it. He called it evil. The, the question, you know, when these things happen, are the words of Jesus just hyperbole? Or are they truth that we can live in? Through the through accessing the power of grace and mercy, what what value mercy? Right, wasn't that the question? Yeah, we didn't even dive into that, but the, that there is it's priceless, right? So, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this dive into to end all wars. Uh, check it out on it was on Amazon Prime or read the book if you guys are into that sort of thing. And can we uh, can we do a comedy next after this one? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope you join us next time here on the Men at the Movies podcast. Something inside has been awakened. I can no longer be who I was before. But if I am no longer who I was, who am I to be?